All right. Bring on the, the carnival of horrors. pronouns are she her um would you guys like to uh introduce yourselves i am hangover incarnate aaron simon my pronouns are whiskey and coffee (laughs) (laughs) oh my name is robert sharkey and i am always pleased for a podcast where aaron's hungover aaron is at (laughs) His most artistically supple when hungover. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. As all people who paid for a master's degree in writing should be. (laughs) (laughs) So the self-hatred really comes through when when someone's like, oh, we have several bottles of whiskey for St. Patrick's Day over here. <laughs> and I'm like, hey! Uh, yeah, I guess we should have seen that one come in recording after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Were you honoring the ancestral day of my people, Aaron? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of flogging Molly. Uh, nice. It was good. Oh, you said lots of fucking Molly. I'm like, wow, okay, I thought you were just <laughs> drinking. I didn't know you know <laughs> Molly, Aaron will have sex with on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. As a form of reparations to the Irish people. Exactly. For all of the crimes that I have done to the Irish. (laughs) All right. Well, today's podcast is not about Irish culture and drinking, um, but instead we are going to be talking about um, how the right, you know, co-ops, art and culture. But today we're talking in particular about how they're full-on banning this one intersection of art and culture we are going to be talking about drag drag racing um not drag racing um so okay yeah well drag queens drag shows drag story hours everything about it um so arguably one of yeah arguably one of the most art and culturally things that the right has tried to destroy lately besides perhaps you know book banning in florida and all the other awful things that they're doing um so for you guys what has been your experience or exposure to drag have you guys like secretly binged rupaul's drag race or (laughs) been to drag shows or anything like that This is your this is your revenge topic, Rachel. Much like Aaron <laughs> dunks on all of us on like mid nineties video games. Rachel's just gonna come the Michael <laughs> Jordan dunk on Aaron for a full episode. So he has to go. I have no idea what this is. No, I I, I was at a, a drag thing um, last weekend for uh, it was like a Purim party, and they there was a a group of folks in Redacted who. Uh, normally I don't really like because they're like, let's go dance under the moon and reinvent our, let's make Judaism with crystals and, <laughs> and vibes. But anyway, they did, they, they put on a cool event. It was like a, uh, a, a drag show that was Purim themed. And was this the event is- you described to me as quote unquote loud? 
It was very loud. <laughs> and I will be completely clear. I was having a miserable time during it because there were too many people. And, uh, everyone, there was one individual who was like her, co their costume was, it, it, you know, it, it, it it was like the the marionette on playing card, like the the Harlequin on um, playing cards, and this person was like kind of going around a lot of people during mm. the party, and it it creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> so that was one bit that I did not like. But yeah, it was just very loud. There were a lot of people. A friend of mine looked over and said, "You look dead inside." <laughs> uh, but it was not because of the dragons, because there are too many goddamn people, which is my review of Earth. Mm, yeah, <laughs> not bad because of drag, bad because of the people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. But yeah, I mean uh, that's surprising. No one, I don't really go to a lot of uh, drag events. What about you, Shark? Any? Uh, yeah, drag's great. It's a part of the queer community. I've been to a few, and um. Also, weirdly, as a classics major, you talk a lot about drag because it's like a thing that's existed for a long fucking time. Yeah. Despite mm -hmm. what some people yeah. say, it was a um, religious obligation in ancient Greece sometimes for children, mm. male children to dress up as women. Uh, obviously, drag was a big thing in like Victorian performances. And like, weirdly, I have a lot of academic time spent discussing drag. Nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah we're going to be I, getting into the history like that a little bit. So, yeah. cool. And like Monty Python, they, that was like a big part of their, their shtick. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I went to my first drag show last Sunday. Um, and I guess, well, before that, um, I, for this episode, I watched a couple seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and it brought me immediately back to what, like 2004? Uh, reminding me of America's Next Top Model. Did either of you guys watch that? Aaron, I'm assuming you did not. <laughs> I absolutely will. <laughs> I have nope. not seen Top I, Model. I, oh my god, okay. I like, I, I don't watch RuPaul's stuff, but like, there was an episode with, I guess RuPaul had a thing about going, just hanging out with friends in a car. It was like comedians of cars getting coffee, but with RuPaul and no coffee. Okay. I don't know if this rings a bell. Anyway, there was an episode with does, yeah. and Henry Rollins, and that was really fun. Because Henry, I don't Rollins, know who Henry Rollins. <laughs> he, he's uh, uh, the lead singer for a lot of things. Got to start with Black Flag, and then a bunch of other stuff. He's like a very just jacked, angry man, but Wait, like he he what? he's he's kind. <laughs> he's, okay. he's just like an angry guy. Well, he's not kind. He's a dick, but oh. he he has good ideas. <laughs> And it was funny because he uh, he is a very he, he prefer doesn't say the words, but he talks about himself as like a broken man. <laughs> and RuPaul was trying to convince Henry Rollins to open up and start pursuing love again. And oh my gosh, Henry Rollins was like <laughs> feelings. Yeah, so I identify with Henry Rollins a lot. <laughs> My sister once got makeup tips from RuPaul. That's cool. Well, How did yeah, that happen? My family lived in Key West, and it was before RuPaul was super famous. And my sister was just in a bathroom in a friend of theirs restaurant in Key West, and RuPaul was doing their makeup. Oh, and hell yeah, my sister was like, "Yeah, how do you 
how do you do that? That's cool. <laughs> so she, Honestly, she, despite being a conservative from Utah, has the most authentic drag experience of all of us. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like so many drag queens. I'm like, how, how? Like <laughs> they have to spend out like hours yeah. like learning and just practicing, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. Always looks amazing. Um, so yeah, I went to my first drag show last week. It was at um Darcel 15 Showplace, which is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Um, and it's obviously located in Redacted. It's owned and operated <laughs> by Walter Cole, um, but he is better known by his drag name, Darcel. Um, and Darcel is famous in her own right by being the oldest working drag queen performer. She's 92. Holy shit. Yep. The oldest in the world, according to Guinness. And I at, outside the um the venue there's a little plaque that has like the national register information and then inside they have like the guinness yeah. book of world records you thing. gotta stop saying that name guinness <laughs> please, <laughs> please <stop. laughs> Aaron's maybe just i'll carbonated black <laughs> liquid, like the fucking antagonist of some japanese horror film <laughs> <sighs> So I found out that um, Darcel 15 almost closed down during COVID. Um, and then because of the houseless people uh, situation in downtown, it was they were driving away crowds. You know, people didn't want to go downtown and um, see shows. But um, the venue and the show like survived and they made it through um, the pandemic and they started their new show, Drag Brunch, instead of just doing shows on like Saturday nights. And it's their uh, best-selling show now. So if you oh. are not able to go see a evening show, brunches are the way to go. Those are my two favorite genres of people from Redacted. On the one hand, there are the people who won't go downtown because there are houseless people there. And that's the overwhelming percentage of the population. And then the other kind of Portland, <laughs> they like specifically knows the names of most of the houseless people they pump into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. That's that uh I, I every <laughs> which, is, which is why having a bunch of houseless people outside of any venue you really like is great because you only run into the better kind of redacted liver. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that is fine. true. I I not going to do that segue. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um segue. so it, it's a smaller <laughs> venue than I was expecting. It's pretty intimate. Um and the walls are lined with like hundreds and hundreds of pictures of different drag queens from like every era, um, community members who support them, like different events that they've held. So it's like really like cool, historic inside. Um, the show was opened by Poison Waters. Um, and then it was a lineup of like eight queens uh, lip syncing songs like Barbie Girl, Hold On by Wilson Phillips, Dream On by Aerosmith. And of course, My Heart Will Go On by the queen, Celine. <laughs> um yeah so i don't really ever leave my house especially to go to event like go to events like that but um i'm really happy that i did the energy of the queens and like the crowd made the experience so much better it's it's just so positive you know like there are lots of gabies and maybies and girls and girls and everyone in between it is just like <laughs> Oh, you look confused, Aaron. Yeah, there were two uses of the word girls, but with different inflections. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... 
<laughs> can you <laughs> help? <laughs> You've never heard like a drag queen go, girl. Oh, okay. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't right. do it. It's... No, okay. I I, I wasn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm at my peak. Over it's at his peak. Well oiled machine in my brain. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, it's just like, they're up there living their most like authentic, true lives, doing something that brings them joy. And it's just crazy to me that people can hate on that. Um, I understand that not everyone likes drag, regardless if they're LGBTQ or not. Um, you know, not even, not everyone even likes live performances, but there's a difference between letting people do what they want and then, and choosing just to ignore them or not support them versus plotting to threaten and attack performers or passing restrictive legislation because you think it shouldn't be happening. Mm -hmm. So um, this is my PSA. If you haven't ever been to a drag show, please go support your local Queens. You will not regret it. And that logic only extends as far as rap rock. You can ban rap rock from any venue <laughs> in the world and legally really persecute de- anyone who likes it. That depend. You have to be specific about it, though, I because don't. some people would refer to uh, Rage Against the Machine as rap rock in that Della Roca doesn't sing. Mm, and Well, they would be wrong and we can persecute them, too. All right. So, cool. Cool, yeah. cool. 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 Yeah. The state agency of rap rock. <laughs> the the bureau of rap rock yeah. elimination yeah the bureau of rap rock affairs <laughs> just trying to think of the acronym for that my brain is working too slow um Bra. <laughs> so we're gonna keep Bra. this episode a little lighter than perhaps our, our for, first person shooter episode so we'll cover at, <laughs> I, know, I got weirdly dark uh, <laughs> yeah that was a little bit dark day um yeah so we're just going to talk about how drag got its start um and then how the escalation and work against drag really kicked into gear and where we are today and then end on a more positive note about how drag uh to quote little miss hot mess is about entertainment and having a good time but also about challenging the status quo Um, So two notes before we get started. I might be using the terms gay, queer, LGBTQ interchangeably today. Trust me, I do know the differences. I am a cis lesbian, but for our purposes today, I wanted to keep it more inclusive to the alphabet mafia since sexual (laughs) orientation and gender identity were less defined back then. The alphabet mafia is unapologetically like the best thing the right has ever come up with. It's like the greatest fucking, yeah. It started out as like a right wing thing about like cancel culture and how the queers would come for you. And it's objectively the coolest way to refer that, to queer people. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's like so inclusive. It can be any word that you want falls into that category, you know? Yeah. So I support that. And I'm I, glad I that like, we took that back. I, I like that you are putting a disclaimer in there for our wealth listeners, <laughs> <laughs> many of whom have access to my phone number. <laughs> I thought it was important. Yeah. No, it is. I I I appreciate it. I'm sure in the future, when we have millions of listeners, mm-hmm. they will appreciate mm-hmm. that too. <laughs> um, and then the second point I wanted to clarify is we have this narrow scope for today, but I wanted to address that there's a lot going on right now regarding the legislative onslaught against the trans community. 
Um, st uh, state legislatures are trying to write trans people out of existence. And as of this writing, so this I wrote this on March 13th. There were over 22 anti-trans bills that would be heard over the next couple of days in at least nine states. And there has since been more. So I don't know what that number is today, but it's just disgusting. Um, and Shark, weren't you saying the other day that like, uh, well, there's your problem I had to cancel yeah. shows and yeah one of our favorite podcasts had to cancel a show in tennessee because like that's can, right. one of them's a trans yeah um, woman and they would obviously dress like they want to and they would be thrown in jail for it or something yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah so for example in tennessee there was a proposed bill uh brought to the senate that calls dei an ideology and bans healthcare providers and schools from enacting dei policies <laughs> And, and yep, we already got a oh. face rub. Nice. <laughs> well, it's just I, it pisses me off because like I got I have a, a friend who like moved back. Who, who's I think now listening to the podcast. So hello, uh, moved back to the south, and we I was kind of got on his case about it, and I was like, why? And he said, I just it's it's more free there. I was like, what are you talking about, man? It's <laughs> <laughs> it. it for you, <laughs> you're a, you're mm -hmm. a white dude who, who's <laughs> vaguely Christian, I think. But I yeah, mean, it, this is just. Ow! If I lived in the South, I would definitely want to move. But I do really have to respect the LGBTQ people who do live there and stay there and try and make it a better place. Like I know there's a legislature um, in Tennessee who is, um, I think she's lesbian, and her mom was like you know, don't like leave or whatever, but she's, she decided to stay and like fight for the rights of mm -hmm. those people in that state. So, you know, you have to commend those people that decide to, to stay and not move. Um, Best of luck. Yeah. So another example <laughs> is in Florida, an expansion to the don't say gay law would outright ban being trans in school for yeah. teachers. Teachers would not be allowed to go by different titles or pronouns in their biological sex. They've also proposed a bill which could result in loss of custody for parents affirming trans kids, and that would ban gender affirming care for trans youth. And lastly, oh, in Montana, well, not lastly, but my last point here is in Montana, a bill is proposed that would mean intersex people have no legal status, meaning that they could have no legal re recourse as a victim of sexual abuse. They couldn't write a will, get a driver's license, or marry. And it would remove protections against discrimination based on gender, meaning trans people lose rights and intersex people are not people. Really? Uh-huh. Jesus, uh, like, it's just fucking us that, like, inters like, whatever, if you want to be some weird fucking asshole about, like, transness, I at least understand, like, your underlying cultural fuck-upness. But, like, intersex people are just, like... They're born that way. Yeah, and, like complete and utter like biological like it's they're saying this for years this is how it starts it's just gonna keep going down this horrible fucking route but oh no no aaron's being paranoid no and in montana in order to like pat or not pass it but in order to propose that bill in that same bill they they propose language to change uh the definitions of like biological sex or you know like male they were like specifically changing those things so that they could um you know make intersex people no longer legal or That's no longer give them legal status insane yeah they uh, like 
I mean, trans people need specialized health care. Intersex people also need specialized health. Like, that's fucking nuts. It is. It's disgusting. It, when I start, I came into this episode being like, cool, history of drag, you know, like kind of lighthearted. And then as soon as I got past that, I was like, <laughs> oh, this is not a light episode. <laughs> it's also no. one of my favorite things. I'm looking at the Montana bill right now, and it says chromosomal, molecular, stereotypic DNA or other genetic testing that identifies the sex of the individual is what you have to use to change the sex on your license plate, which is hilarious because people who pass as whatever gender they want to be is a way higher percentage than people who chromosomally are definitively one gender. Like people who are chromosomally intersex is a larger percentage of the population than redheads according to a wow. recent British metadata analysis. Huh. Like, it's chromosomes are very non-clean cut, and I think it's some really high percentage, but, like, in the full points, would have trouble proving their chromosomal identity for the sake of this law, which is wild that they're going to make people do that. You just, yeah. Because, like, there's a very feasible argument that, like, one of the three of us, but certainly someone we know, would have trouble proving their, like, biological gender, quote-unquote, in Montana. <laughs> well, how do we, like, does that mean that you have to go get tests done in order to, like, yeah. like, how do you prove your biological, like, your chromosomal? Yeah. I don't know. And what if the results are inconclusive despite your, like, phenotype? Which you are is not a, a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they give you a driver's license with just like a question mark next to the gender <laughs> thing? Or... You are sent to a special facility in which we will ensure that you have the correct documents. <gasps> okay, that just reminded me. I have to uh, side note. Um, I just learned about the term, uh, what is it, Asperger's? Where that came from? Uh, <laughs> All right, you're going to have to remind me. I don't, I know I've read something about this before, but I can't. He was a Nazi doctor in like constant, <laughs> I think he was in concentration camps and he was like uh, responsible for like, if there were a group of people and some were autistic, the ones that were more quote unquote uh, high functioning, uh, I think were uh, like, those were the people who were would ultimately be called um, people with Asperger's. And then everyone else he sent to, you know, the gas chambers or they got killed. So actually Asperger's is just autism. It's the same thing. Hmm. So anyway, I didn't know huh. that was the history of that. And yeah, yeah. And anyway, he got a huge leg up in his career because like a lot of the great doctors where he lived were Jewish. <laughs> As any uh, successful fucking person <laughs> was during the Reich, he just like fucking uh, took over uh, Jewish uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not great. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so there are and then so many he became more. like not Nazi enough because he was Catholic in the end, which is a really oh, funny wow. story that did eat its own tail. Yeah, it's a plot twist. Um. But yeah, so anyway, there are, are so many more examples that I didn't include in that little list, um, but it's all disgusting and re reprehensible that these kinds of proposals are even making it to the floor. Um, if you want to stay up to date on anti-trans bills, Erin Reed is a great independent journalist and activist covering anti-trans legislation. Uh, she has all the latest updates, so you should go follow her on Twitter. Uh, she's at she's Erin at in the morn. 
So uh, yeah, okay. Our scope is narrow today. We could obviously talk about how drag is closely intertwined with the trans community, how the ban on drag targets the transgender community and the LGBT community, and how the right wing are following the same playbook that the Nazis used to start the systematic murder of everyone who they considered subhuman, inferior, and the mortal enemy. But we don't have time for that today. <laughs> so <laughs> if you aren't aware of how drag might intersect with those intersect with those other topics. Um, please go to the Google, or if you're Gen Z, go to the good side of TikTok and educate yourself. <laughs> or, or if you're a paranoid like me, go to DuckDuckGo. Yeah, Do you, you actually use DuckDuckGo? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Is it? Okay. It just doesn't, it's, it doesn't feed the Google machine. Oh, well, yeah. that's wonderful. I would like to do that. Firefox and DuckDuckGo. It's... Oh, I hate Firefox. I can't. Like, eh, I'll yell <laughs> at you later. <laughs> All right. So part one is the herstory of drag. Um, thank you. I found a write-up from them.us and Trixie Mattel, the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season three. Oh, fuck um, yeah, gave Trixie a really... Mattel rocks. Yeah. Um, so they gave a summary of the history of drag, and I'm just going to kind of paraphrase that now. Uh, so the word drag has existed since 1388, um, but probably more because I didn't go back to like, you know, the Greeks. Um, but according to the Oxford English Dictionary, it wasn't until, oops, sorry, it existed since 1388, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, excuse me. But it wasn't until the 19th century that it was used in connection with performing in clothes or a persona that was different than your own gender. There was a newspaper in the UK in 1870 that printed the word in reference to a party invitation, we shall come in drag, uh, which meant men wearing women's costumes. It's likely that the definition of drag, meaning men wearing women's costumes, came from the theater. The men would wear petticoats that dragged on the floor, so they referred to dressing up as women as putting on their drags. Hmm. By the 1920s, the term drag was being used by gay people. And the theory is that it entered the community from Polari. Do you guys know what that is? It's um, the secret language that originated in Britain that people used to be able to identify and communicate with other LGBTQ people. Wait, huh. what? How do I not know about this? Yeah, it's pretty dope. So there was, like a, to... there was like a thieves camp for people who were like, <laughs> hey, we should have sex. That's awesome. Yeah. If you go and look up like huh. Polari, um, I there are like example sentences that I can't understand. But um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a whole, it whole language. Like so like um, Cockney rhyming scheme or whatever it is, is like it's I mean, it's still English, but is Polari like a, a using English words or OK. Cool. Yeah, so some ex I have some examples. So they, so like, they weren't making Klingon. No. Okay. No. <laughs> some examples are like to zhuzh up, give a quick mm, zhuzh, yeah. uh, to style or do up, um, yeah. meat and two veg. Do you know what that means? Do what? Meat and two veg. I'm willing to. Well. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and balls. Yeah. Uh, drag is clothing. Camp was like funny, flamboyant. Uh, dish meant like, oh, he's a dish, like a, an attractive yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> so trade. This is where the, all of this comes from. One of my yeah. favorite parts yeah. about history is that people have always fundamentally done the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. which in femme also comes from this. Really? So, yeah. Pretty cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah. 
And yeah, they, I mean, it was a way to like stay safe also, you know, yeah, so all I'm saying is it would have been cooler if it was like the start of car language from the, the most recent Dune movie, but this is cool too. Yeah, <laughs> it would never have been cooler if it was something from Dune. <laughs> I keep trying to explain this to you. House, House Canis is very upset right now, Shark. On the Wikipedia page for Polari, it says it was used by actors, circus and fairground showmen, merchant navy sailors, criminals, sex workers, showmen, and the gay subculture. Wow. That's a lot more people than I really expected. (laughs) Whom, I assume, because, you know, like, circus performers, professional wrestlers, sailors, criminals are all, like... All gay. By and like in that time, like actually though, you couldn't like be a sailor without being gay functionally. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's wild. This is neat little dip into history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The concept of a drag king also started to emerge at the turn of the century, where women performed as male impersonators. By 1927, drag was very much linked with the LGBTQ. Q community and was defined as an outfit of female dress worn by a homosexual or as an actual event, a social gathering of homosexuals at which at which some are in female dress. The danger and segregation of bars in the 1920s paved the way for drag balls. The first drag ball goes as far back as 1867, though, when both males and females at the Hamilton Lodge in Harlem dressed up and competed for awards for the best gown or feminine figure. From there, in the 1950s, drag queens started performing in bars and spaces that were specifically for gay people, like the Black Cat in San Francisco or Redacted's very own Darcel 15, which served as a safe space for um, Redacted's then underground gay and lesbian community. Um, Yeah, so drag started to solidify itself as a gay art form, not just for straight men or not just straight men impersonating women for the sake of comedy started to find its way into pop culture like with john walter's 1972 film pink flamingos <laughs> have you seen that one Aaron? i like i mean i we talked about it before like i deeply respect john waters but i mean but i don't really know his, who it is so. uh, his movies are a <laughs> chore to get through <laughs> oh, okay. john think- waters is so he creates things that are intentionally in horrific taste yeah huh. like yeah. not okay. I, offensive I, like the right like there's not one of those comedians who's like i'm just i'm yeah. out here to be like no he's like actually trying to create things that are unpleasant to like be a part of they are very unpleasant <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I, it is is pink flamingos the one that starts off with the, the the old older woman in the crib screaming about eggs i haven't seen it in so long i think it's a i don't know i i so I watched Female Trouble a while ago, which was I, I like that one. That one. Um, but one morning I was trying to think of something to watch <clears throat> on the Criterion channel. And I was like, oh, I'll go watch uh, Pink Flamingos. And it started, I think that's the one, but it started whichever movie I was watching started off with an older woman in a crib shouting about eggs. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I can't do this. I made it like five <laughs> minutes and then turned it off. I was like, the, respect John Waters a lot. He is generally always correct in all of his opinions. But fuck. <laughs> well, I don't really have any opinion on him, so I will believe you. Um, 
yeah, so films like The Pink Flamingos, the 1991 documentary Paris is Burning. Um, mm. I didn't see that one. Just disclaimer. The 1989 album Wald Starling, which contained the first song about voguing. You guys know what voguing is, right? Like, no. Oh, is that what yeah. that is? Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, really ba- badly, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know what the name was. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah. I just knew it from. Um, and apparently like, um, like people say, or a lot of people think that Madonna is the one that made that popular, but she actually just like stole it from people that she saw doing it at a drag ball. And so there's a lot of backlash in the community about that. (laughs) If you look for 10 seconds at anything that became popular in pop music. It comes from a marginalized community. (laughs) It was not, in fact, a really well-paid white person that made it famous. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then also the 1989 Love Ball, which was an AIDS benefit ball that brought together top ballroom personalities, celebrities, and supermodels that ended up raising over $400,000. Uh, in 1989 money and was the first time voguing and ballroom subculture had been covered by the mainstream press. Um, Are either of you familiar with the film This is the Army? I've heard of it. It was released in 1943 and directed by Michael Curtis. Um, So I'm just going to give you a little blurb from Wikipedia about like this movie. It's like the synopsis. Is that what the right word is? Yeah. Okay. As the United States enters World War I in 1917, newly married actor Jerry Jones puts on an all-infantry musical to raise his fellow soldiers' morale. At the dawn of World War II, as his own son, Johnny, ponders whether to marry his sweetheart, Eileen, Jerry and his old army buddies, including Eileen's father, decide to put on a new show for the boys marching off to battle just as they did years ago. So (laughs) basically, World War I and World War II, the U.S. put... Oh, sorry. What were you going to say, Aaron? Um, no, you, you finish and then I'll, I got. Okay. But... Well, um, so like in real life, in World War One and World War II, the U.S. put on musical reviews to raise money for the U.S. Army. One of them exists on film because it was turned into this movie. This is the Army. And 100% hmm. of the profits went directly to the U.S. Army. Um, this movie has a cast of 300 active duty World War II soldiers and they all went back to the front lines after their performance. So in these shows and in this movie, um, they put on some of the men were dressed as women <laughs> in the movie. This is the army. They were dressed as women in drag and makeup. Essentially, yes, the soldiers in the army were dressed and performed in drag. They were all <laughs> there were all the components of a drag show like celebrity impressions, comedy bits, It showed the army performing in full drag, not only for adults in the public, but for children, as well as the president of the United States. Rumors. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the the director's name rang a bell, and that's because he's the guy who directed uh, Casablanca, uh, White Christmas. Wow. Okay. uh, Like a bunch of Errol Flynn movies. Um, I think he, it looks like he was like uh, originally... Uh, a Hungarian director. It looks like he moved to the U.S., started working in the U.S. at least in the interwar period. But uh, Mm. cool. Cool. Yeah. So this is about as American as it gets, you know, like you cannot deny that this is 
not anything other than a patriotic form of artistic expression trying to raise money for the army like yeah. whatever do you want to <laughs> guess who the leading man johnny jones is in this movie no, just take a guess bullshit american icon like carrie yes, grant or something jenny not stewart grant. nope who was like who's a like hmm, how do i put this okay do you want to guess one more time or do you just want me right. to tell you so the, this was when did this come out 1943 43 no there's no way it could have been like is it a future president there's You're no way it was reagan me. yes it was <laughs> ronald fucking reagan <laughs> holy shit <laughs> you can go on youtube and find these clips right now oh i don't think i don't know if he was ever in drag like in costume singing because he was kind of like the one putting on the show and was like always backstage and stuff um but there are clips online you can go watch this movie that's insane this is on the criterion channel let me look i look it's a great fucking channel every time you say that it upsets me this it's so good they've got a great um thing right now that's like a, a bunch of old well older movies with michelle yo hmm. and it's like eight of them and the collection is michelle yo kicks ass nice. <laughs> That's nice. it's a great thing it's a good channel it's the only <laughs> streaming service that doesn't suck <laughs> <laughs> this has been my my plug yeah well, we're sponsored by the criterion collection yeah, yeah we are That's <laughs> all right yeah it doesn't look like it's on it okay That's fine. yeah so just to make it crystal clear for everyone this is drag Funded by the U.S. Army for the war against Hitler and the Nazis, starring Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I'd like to tell this to Marco fucking Rubio and all the other people who were outraged over the fact that a drag queen was supposed to do a drag queen story hour to the U.S. base in Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back to the history of drag real quick. I'm almost done. Um as the culture grew in the 90s, there started to become more of a distinction between drag and other identities in the LGBTQ spectrum, particularly the distinction between drag queens being gay and the trans community. Uh, the 2000s made way for the definition of drag to broaden from rigidly being about realness and like trying to look as much of a woman as possible to a more expansive art form for gay men, trans folks, queer women, and more. Building off the success of the show um, RuPaul's Drag Race, the first RuPaul's Drag Con took place in LA in 2015. It's the largest drag convention in the world and is a place for queers and queens alike to celebrate all things art, culture, and drag. So that's what I have for history of part one. Cool. And there, yeah, what? There's something I love to tack on to the end of like any discussion about historical queerness. Which is that, like, there's been what can only amount to, like, a historical genocide about things like drag and queerness. Because, like, historians work really hard to pretend that, like, things in history that were queer. Like straightwashing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there's, like, if you read any, like, historical account, there's pretty much at any time, at any place in history, someone says, and there was this one woman who dressed up like a man. And mm -hmm. 
And, and then you're like, oh, wow, she was just trying to, like, join the army or something. And they're like, yeah, she joined the army and she fought for six years and everyone found out she was a woman. And she kept dressing like a man and her name was Rufus forever. And it's like, uh-huh. no, that's... I love the stories of women who are like, and they were best friends. They lived together for 30 years. Yeah. They slept in the same bed because one of them got terrible nightmares. Exactly. Like, I think there's even, like, one or two former, or not, well, yes, former, they're dead, but, like, first ladies who were either queer or lesbian. Or, so, Approximately yeah, one in ten that. people is gay in a highly repressive Christian society, willing to out themselves as gay in a highly repressive Christian society. So, like, there have been 40-some yeah. presidents. Yeah. Um, there, was the, a, there was a great a, a bit on a podcast I listened to where they were talking about um they they went on a segue about uh Bert and Ernie. And, oh, yeah. and, and like how much of, like it they weren't saying it was like a weird relationship because they're like two two guys who live together. It was just weird because they <laughs> they're Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Uh and then what like so then they started talking about this thing of oh yeah they're two guys who just lived together all the time <laughs> and they were the best friend best of friends and one of them was like yeah it's like my uh my uncle and his best friend for life who he brought <laughs> to Seder every year <laughs> and they lived together <laughs> and often slept in the same room but they were just best friends right <laughs> yeah the closest friends you can imagine yeah. yeah my grandma when she divorced my granddad moved to rural oregon to ashland with mm. her friend louise and then <laughs> they opened up a bed and breakfast and started breeding dogs in ashland oh my huh. god the worst cover for huh. being a lesbian in the world <laughs> Like we all know, you started breeding dogs at a bed and breakfast in Ashland, Oregon. That's every queer person's fantasy I've ever heard. It is. Oh my god, man, that that would be my dream, but not that particular location. Yeah, Ashland's a weird place. Yeah, it is weird place. Anyway. <laughs> yeah so now we are going to talk about where things kind of stand today and all the shit um that's happening and also shit on republicans who hate drag but have been found out as having dressed or performed performed in skirts dresses and wigs we're looking at you again george santos <laughs> we just refer to them all as collectively ronald reagan <laughs> <laughs> it will now be known as reaganing so according to glad the world's biggest lgbtq media advocacy organization there were 141 protests threats and attacks on drag events nationwide last year their analysis shows increasingly violent rhetoric and incidents as the year progressed including armed white supremacists demonstrating in texas in the firebombing of the tulsa donut shop that had hosted a drag event in october Equality Texas documented additional targeted events throughout the year, including an armed demonstration and confrontation in San Antonio. Not surprisingly, Texas had the highest number of drag events targeted by protests and threats in 2022, which came out uh, there were 20, followed by North Carolina, which had 10, Illinois, which had eight, Tennessee at six, and California also at six. 
Thanks. A number of incidents involved violence or weapons and extremist groups like the Proud Boys, Patriot Front, and local white supremacist, chap supremacist chapters uh, were involved in several incidents. I'm just going to read a few of the different incidents now. Um, so a bomb threat was emailed to a local news station in South Carolina, claiming several bombs were planted at a restaurant hosting drag brunch and threatening to kill performers and attendees. About 50 members of the Proud Boys extremist group armed with long guns and in helmets, full face masks and flak jackets protested drag story hour at a church in Ohio, which surprising that it was held at a church, but cool. But yeah, that's a cool I, church. some Christians are OK. Yeah. In Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, in June uh, 2022, police arrested 31 Patriot Front members who had traveled from 10 different states armed with riot gear and smoke grenades to protest a pride event that had been targeted by lips <gasps> of TikTok. Wait, was this the uh, one the that I remember of... about the guys and like all crammed in the back of a yeah, U-Haul I think this is, I think this is that one. <laughs> that was so oh, good. They, they almost like suffocated themselves yeah. by just getting into a U-Haul. Watching <laughs> oh a bunch God, of dudes in khakis and polo shirts getting unloaded like, from a U-Haul was awesome. They're just clowns they're fucking clowns i just don't understand like why from 10 different states like yeah what you got there is a fascist problem <laughs> uh, knocking, November... on a, knocking on a u-haul yeah this baby right here can, can fit so many U uh fascists there's Which a lot of like... guys named kyle <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want to make a U-Haul lesbian joke, but there is oh, yeah. no joke to be made there. <laughs> um, yeah. And then lastly, as we know, on November 19th, Colorado Springs, Colorado, at an LGBTQ nightclub called the Club Q, hosted a drag show that night and, the br and a brunch the next day for Transgender Day of Remembrance. A shooter opened fire in the club, killing five people and injuring 18 others. Along with these increased violent attacks and threats, extremist politicians have introduced legislative proposals, some of which have now passed, that aim to restrict or ban public trans performances, drag performances, such as those that take place at pride festivals or ban minors from observing drag performers, including library events, such as Drag Story Hour, which I'll cover in a minute. Yeah, and just so, like if you are a part of these communities and plan on regularly attending like drag shows and stuff, um, I mean, firstly, there are going to be people who will need to do violence and self-defense of these communities. If you are someone who can suffer that on your conscience, get good at self-defense, however that is. But if you're not, bleeding out is the number one, one of the number, one of the high preventable causes of death. And in an accident, it's the number one preventable cause of death. You can learn to stop someone from bleeding out and then carry that with you to a queer event you go to. Do that. You could save multiple lives. Wow. Just yeah, it's a good pitch. idea. Yeah. yeah. It's a good Thank idea you. to keep an IFAC individual first aid kit in your hmm. vehicle. I keep a full That's stop the bleed bad. gunshot kit on me whenever I go to a queer event, just yeah. you know in case. That's a really good idea. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Um, one of the worst examples of this new legislative action is from Bill Lee. The governor of Tennessee. Rat fuck motherfucker. <laughs> yes. I swear to God. I, I was taught my mom is finally getting out of that state and she was like, it, it's fine. There's a lot of nice people here. I'm like that is outweighed by people like Bill Lee. Mm -hmm. You know it is. He looks exactly like, like I thought he looked. Yeah. Do not oh, yeah. dare <laughs> to give me your optimism <laughs> or your hope. 
<laughs> he signed a new law, uh, the first in the country, that prohibited adult cabaret, which now means adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors and also includes male or female impersonators from taking place on public property or in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. So it doesn't outright ban drag performances, but it will certainly force them underground. And then um, the most disgusting part is, well, I mean, obviously not the most disgusting part, um, but it's just so blatantly sinister. This law was supposed to go into effect July 1st, but they moved up the fucking date so that it goes into effect in April before Pride Month in June. So that's great. Um, and as a double whammy, the same <laughs> afternoon, he also signed a ban on gender affirming health care for youth in Tennessee. So, yeah. So fucked. I think who was it? Missouri. I think there was some other state that passed another one of these. And uh, one of the state legislators, uh, I think her son, maybe her, her kid was trans and uh, committed suicide. And the legislator was a Democrat and was trying to appeal to conscience to the ghouls. (laughs) They don't have one. Yeah, and was... (laughs) Yeah, so it... it, Every Republican voted for the bill. It passed, and she was sobbing throughout the entire thing, and none of the Republicans could meet... could make eye contact with her. Shocking. Yeah, just like you fucking cowards pieces of shit there was one i don't remember it's just it's there's just so many bills being proposed and like so many different things happening in so many different states i don't remember where this is from but i saw a screenshot of um a congressperson saying like i um i don't think that the bill went far enough like i am totally in support of it and it didn't go far enough i'm just like you can go die (laughs) honestly um so i have one more example because it was so recent on march 11th uh texas proposed a bill that would essentially be a bounty hunter drag ban it would award five thousand dollars uh a five thousand dollar bounty for hunters if a person performs while exhibiting a gender that is different from gender recorded at birth and violates the community standards of decency fucking god yeah. So it doesn't take a genius to see that this could obviously be used against trans performers. It could ban a trans person singing karaoke. It could also ban events like Pride. It's just just so egregious. I can't handle it. Um, and yeah, there have been so many more since March 11th. And that was only what, like exactly a week ago. Um, a great time to talk about the fact that um the first like moves of the Holocaust were not against the Jewish community. They were yeah. against the queer yeah. one. And that's like, that's how you get that little inroad. Yeah. The people who think the queers are gross, let you mm-hmm. like really broaden your agenda very quickly. The book burning from the Nazis. Yeah. What were they burning? Magnus Hirschfeld's works on gender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So drag story hours have also bore the brunt of a lot of right wing and far right protests and attacks. Um, If you don't know, drag story hour is storytellers using the art of drag to read books to kids in libraries, schools and bookstores. From the drag story hour website, DSH captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive 
and unabashedly queer role models. In spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where everyone can be their authentic selves. I think that's fucking great. And anyone who disagrees uh, can fuck off. I mean, how can you even, like, how can you? Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, I don't think you're allowed to do palate cleansers anymore. I know, I told you this wasn't going to be valid. I'm not feeling cleansed here, Rachel. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, I know. Well, well, here, oh. here's a little picture of a pup to make you happy again. Well, oh, it's blurry. You can't see. Zoom doesn't want us to experience happiness. <laughs> no joy. Oh. I think that more people should have been taught as kids how to embrace and accept new people, how to be an individual, how to learn about new identities, the intersection of those identities, and how to express themselves in a genuine way. I think the world would be a lot better off if we did. DSA, and to the, DSA, to the youth, yes. anyone who comes to you and says they want to ban weed, gambling, and sodomy is not someone you ever want to hang out with. No. If you're 14, <laughs> just keep that nugget in your pocket and just know that anyone who's pro-gambling, marijuana, and sodomy is the kind of people you want to spend time with. <laughs> and anyone who isn't, not great. Oh. Yeah, that's great life advice. Yeah, that's That's my only nugget of wisdom that I've gained. In. it's all right so i've been watching um lovecraft country which is a great show and it i'm not surprised that it did not take off because it gets deeply weird in ways that are very lovecraftian and i imagine are not the same level of uh comfort that people are looking for from shows but it's a, one of the things, and I don't remember if it's in the book, is um, Atticus's dad, like the, the protagonist's dad, uh, is a very closeted black man. And it the, the show does a really good job of humanizing him over the arc of the show, um, because at the start, he just comes across like a raging asshole. And as you learn more about the guy it becomes clear like he's he's turned off all of the good things in his life because his dad beat was trying to beat it out his dad was trying to beat it out of him and that has turned him into a broken man but there's an episode where he's uh his secret partner i guess i don't uh is in a drag performance and it's like the only time his character Montrose's character like looks comfortable in the show is when he's in this environment mm-hmm. and it's a it's a great comment about like what this kind of repression does to society and the souls of people who are trying to struggle with this stuff because if you have this level of repression and you force people to become something that they're not it breaks them mm-hmm. and it breaks society and Oh, fuck. Yeah. And it breaks Aaron. It breaks Aaron because Aaron has to hold himself back from (laughs) trying to be utter bleak at work when people are talking about how great everything is because we're working on something that matters, but nothing matters. It's all going to hell. 
it's also like just super fucking weird like the amount of and this is my classics major thing but the amount of the western canon you effectively ban by banning drag performance yeah. is just like staggeringly insane for people who claim to be like western chauvinists yeah. like for fuck's sake even yeah. when I was growing up in Tennessee, like part of the thing about Shakespeare was they would always say it all of the 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 female roles were played by men. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you'll effectively ban like Shakespeare, most of the ancient Greek plays, yeah, a lot of Roman art and literature. Yeah. Like it's just like you cannot, on the one hand, love quote unquote Western culture. And on the other hand, band drag shows. They just don't go together. No. It's like you're gonna how are you gonna explain a lot of Sparta? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Athens <laughs> for that matter. It's just it, you're gonna turn it over to fucking Frank Miller now? <laughs> Is that gonna be the history textbook? The goddamn three hundred? <laughs> Absolutely. Just a bunch of oiled dudes who <laughs> never touch each other. Never. Never. That's for the decadent Persians. <laughs> And they're goat people. They're goat. I forgot they're goat people. God, yeah, it's fucking insane. Like the things, the scope of things you ban when you ban drag is like hard to quantify. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it makes it clear that, like, of course they're still going to let Twelfth Night be performed. It's not about banning like different takes on gender or people dressing up as different genders. It's about banning a very certain kind of person who does that, which is gross yeah i wish i had something smarter to say at the end fuck those people they they, they're they're lying they don't dislike drag performances they dislike certain ones yeah exactly and yeah we'll we'll get to that in a second um so drag story hour also gives kids a way to see themselves like their identities or interests reflected in a safe space where they may have not before so for example when i was in high school i thought lesbians were only were like only butch short hair baggy cargo pants masculine presenting like that was the only flavor of lesbian that there was yeah if i yeah definitely um so if i would have seen like a wider range of representation i would have known that lesbians come in all different shapes and sizes looks and i would have probably had a much different young adult experience but instead i got thrown headfirst into a crash course for lesbian culture through collegiate rugby which you know i don't not recommend but I that's why they, that's where we make lesbianism, right? It's collegiate rugby, where like and softball are like the two places where lesbianism is produced. Exactly. Yep. It all comes flowing from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being non-binary is made in the same place where overalls are made, because buy one, you buy the other. It seems. <laughs> oh. So anyway, there are yeah, now... that explains why there's so many people wearing overalls and, and redacted. Okay. That's my overalls, favorite yeah. thing about going to like hang out in non-binary spaces is that there's just like the non-binary overall with like <laughs> battle jacket patch combo, like the agrarian <laughs> punk rock farmer aesthetic that they make so much of the community. Is it's like those just... tweets, like handshakes, farmers, non-binary people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the band crass and like a three-way <laughs> Fucking good. Yep. I walked by someone in a crass teeth. No, no, it was cramps. Never mind. <laughs> hey, was it just a pro cramps t-shirt yeah 
Yeah, well, I mean, it was a it was a shirt. It was a band shirt. Oh, no, not not like the ouch, but the band cramps. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot who I was talking to. <laughs> critical point of clarification. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So remember the drag incident at the U.S. Army base in Germany? <laughs> I'm going to make a that... shirt that's yay hang- hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You're not going to sell any of those irons. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the incident at the army base in Germany was a drag story hour. Um, oh, I didn't actually put pictures on the drive, so never mind. But if you want to go Google that, take a look. There, I mean, there were queens in all, all great outfits. Um, everyone was covered, you know, from their neck down to like below their knees. Like it was just wholesome shit. Um, oh, okay, sorry, I have a um never mind okay so yeah drag story hours are great i mean every like first of all their costumes are great their wigs are fantastic like they can be like either real or like more cartoony um i have this one picture maybe I'll, um where it's like it looks like kind of pink balloons but they're like twisted into like curls oh, anyway cool. they're very just great so now i have some examples of republicans who have been caught in drag I gave each one a score out of 10 for their appearance or outfit and then their response to having been found out that they did it. Um, okay, hold on. Let me share my screen so you guys can see um, these pics. One sec. Oh, host disabled participant screen sharing. Well. How could you do this? <laughs> my God. Yeah. If you want to go. I'll, I'll oh, fix this it. is tyranny. <laughs> This is fucking tanky. It's bullshit. by Zoom call. <laughs> this is why the state must be smashed. All right. So the first one we got George Santos. Um, as we all know, photos surface of him when he lived in Brazil and he was dressed in drag. His drag persona, Katara Rivace, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, it's a red feathery dress, jewelry, and bling with a black wig and red lipstick. It looks First, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he pulls it off. I mean, he looks like any other drag queen. So yeah. first on Twitter, he said the most recent obsession from the media claiming that I'm a drag queen or performed as a drag queen is categorically false. <laughs> <laughs> While he started off denying the charges on a technicality that he wasn't a professional, he later admitted that the photos were him telling reporters, no, I was not a drag queen in Brazil, guys. I was young and I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. <laughs> I give this a 7 out of 10. Great hair, great outfit. Doing drag in Brazil had to have been an experience. I give it a 7 because of the way he denied it at first, like particularly. And then he was like, okay, you're right. It was me, but I'm not a drag queen. But I'm like, you, you want it to be, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'll give you a He's 7. drag-ish. Yeah. <laughs> the second is bill lee our governor of oh, Tennessee. Yeah. this one right here here let me open this up <laughs> that looks like a monty python sketch yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> so a, a picture of him surfaced wearing a dress at a high school football game he said the comparison between his picture and the drag show bill was ridiculous and something uh about con- said something about conflating um that to sexualize enter- entertainment in front of children was a serious subject. Uh, I'm going to give this a two out of 10. Some effort with his outfit was there, but he could have done more. 
uh, but his response to dressing in drag was poor. Room for improvement. Own it, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite genre of this kind of thing is like every so often, I'll always remember who was the pastor who was like blowing dudes in truck stop bathrooms to like mega church pastor. There were several. Oh, and it's know. like there was just this mega church pastor who was like very anti-gay and it was found out that he was like doing lines of coke and having sex with men in bathrooms but he like vehemently denied it and it's like dude you've done one cool thing in your whole <laughs> life like one thing that's awesome and you're just gonna like be lame again <laughs> so yeah like and bill lee is a specific kind of southern guy too like, you know, I went to uh, college in the Southeast and I was in a frat, every frat in the SEC. <laughs> and I'm sure every frat across the country has at least one major event where they dress in drag. Absolutely. Fuck, I did it. It's fine. It's not going to murder you. It's not going to kill anyone. <laughs> but yeah, it just, you've all done this shit. Like all of these guys have done this shit. It's just. No, exactly. I, I, <laughs> and it's like the one cool thing you've done billy just like be cool for yeah. one goddamn second <laughs> so but no, a man who looks guy. like that cannot no he is he has crushed all of yeah. happiness and and color out of his life in order to be a <laughs> pinched slightly jaundiced man he's sort of like a like a sickly beige color yeah uh, yeah yeah. Uh, so this next guy, uh, Derek Easterling, he is a Republican mayor of Kennesaw, Georgia. He performed in a drag charity event for Alzheimer's in 2017, where he impersonated Christina Aguilera. He has like a nice kind of bodysuit with some like tights held up by, um, what are they called? Garters? Like the garters. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in response to this, he said, like people, you know, questioning him in the media, questioning him, he said, I try and put the fun in fundraiser. He told the local ABC affiliate, I have 250,000 reasons why I did it, referring to the amount of money that he raised. He also said he would do almost anything if it would help raise money for a good cause. So I give this a 10 out of 10. He totally killed the outfit. He obviously looked like he uh, he had fun and, you know, had a good time entertaining people, showed off some leg, owned it. Um, <laughs> I couldn't find evidence of him supporting or opposing the drag bands. So mm. I think that's a positive because, well, OK, obviously yeah. he could come out and like actively support drag. But the fact that he's not opposing it, I'll take it. <laughs> the bar is low. Yeah. The bar is so low. <laughs> um, next guy, Nate Schatzline. Those he is those look a like Texas State representative. Yeah. Yeah, those look like images from a a college movie, like yeah. student film about a poorly slasher made in a student park. film. Yeah, yeah it really does. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, uh, for um. Our listeners, he is like wearing kind of like a short, like thigh high dress um, with a red mask on. Um, He has been on record objecting to the popularity of drag and even introduced a bill that defines venues that serve alcohol and host drag shows as sexually oriented businesses, which I think is just absurd. Um, He retweeted the picture of him that surfaced uh, of him in drag saying, y'all really going crazy over me wearing a dress as a joke back in school for theater project. 
Yep, that's not nice, actually theater, explicit bro. drag show. Y'all <laughs> so I'm like, Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the modern equivalent of like the dudes in the 90s who were like, yeah, dude, like when I was a kid, everyone's friends were giving each other hand jobs. We all did it. Just like shut the fuck up and don't be weird about it. I can hate the gays now. It's like, it's just the same fucking point. It's like, no, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. So for his uh, his outfit, um, I gave it a two out of ten. He only had a mask and a dress. Not that much work went into this costume. Also, his response: two double thumbs down. Um, <laughs> drag shows aren't explicitly sexual, so he sucks. But owning a sexually oriented business is a very cool like title. What was it? What was it called? Um, uh, sexually oriented businesses. Yep. Fuck yeah, that's that's up there with criminal mischief on things I want to be able to put on my resume but can't. Um, <laughs> oh man, I didn't put the last one up. Okay, but that's I I feel like you guys would have seen it before. So the last Republican I have here for you is Rudy Giuliani. What? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yep, dark. Yep. He dressed in drag for a skit during an event put on by media in 2000 to poke fun at the NYC mayor uh, and other local political figures. The skit shows Trump pretending to flirt with Giuliani. Giuliani sprayed perfume on his neck and then Trump went in for a whiff and pushed his face in between Giuliani's fake boobs. Um, Holy shit. So you, so I just want to go back in time to the first person to ever see that interview and be like, so this is going to summarize the next 25 years. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh my God. Just, just be ready for this to be everything forever now. Yeah. It's so awful. Uh, I give this one a one out of 10. Honestly, I, I hate this man so much. He's an old, <laughs> decrepit gremlin who needs to go die next to Mitch McConnell. No notes. That's it. That's all I have to say about really. I think you're giving gremlins a bad name. Like that's fair. It's, they, they've done so much to to lighten up the, the world. I mean, think of where we would be as a society if we did not have gremlins too, the new batch. <laughs> We wouldn't, I just we wouldn't have smart gremlin voiced by <laughs> uh what's his name tony scott tony randall i have no <laughs> we idea what have you're talking gremlin. About. we wouldn't have spider gremlin <laughs> please okay. don't tie rudy giuliani to my beloved gremlin all right he's not a gremlin but he still needs to go die next to him yes McConnell. agreed yeah goblin Oh, God. I'll be all right with an incredible <laughs> national review cover if you look up rudy giuliani drag where it says um will it play in peoria and it's talking about rudy giuliani's inability to win the presidency because he did drag one time which oh is my god the funniest article you can write if you were a time traveler from the future <laughs> <laughs> good stuff i mean there are probably so many more that exist out there like evidence of republicans doing drag in their yeah. past but i wasn't able to find more um so yeah clearly republicans think that when they did drag in high school or in their youth it was just good-natured fun but when other people do it it's dangerous they're groomers overly sexual and child predators 
It also doesn't help that Republicans often conflate the nightclub drag shows with family-friendly drag brunch events or drag story hours, which just helps fuel misinformation. So yeah, um, that is Holy shit. As part of this article, there's an anecdote about George Bush encountering a transgender person at the White House who was a member of his Yale class, and Bush was told by the person, quote, you might remember me as Peter when we left Yale. Uh, George Bush evidently didn't pause for a moment, shook the person's hand and says, and now you've come to the White House as yourself. Wait, which wow. is a senior or junior? What? This is junior, I think. Okay. Which is wild. I really just just think of the different world we would have had if if Shrub had just stayed with being a baseball guy. You'd have been a phenomenal baseball owner. Yeah. We, I, the world would be a way different place. <laughs> the Rangers would still be terrible. Just like, can you imagine any conservative just like shaking a transgender person's hand and being like, oh, cool. Now, that's, well, that's the thing, thing, right? Like how you, you there's always the question you have to ask when they when these guys start parading around this is like. How much theater is going on here? Like, who are the true ghouls and who are the ones who are doing it for the power? Both are equally bad, you Mm -hmm. know, but like Junior doing that strikes me as like kind of the same way that like you have, you know, Matt Al was at one point talking about how like actually nice Tucker Carlson is. Yeah, fuck Mm, Rachel Matt Al for that. Um, Well, yeah, no, but I. What yeah. I'm saying is, you know, there's the on-air personality of Tucker Carlson, which is not. Oh, and is are you? Did you just think about? Sorry, keep going. I'll. I don't know. There's not much more point I can make there. I think that's. <laughs> or did you listen to the most recent Behind the Bastards episodes? Yeah. Yep. 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 The yeah. Dominion <laughs> suit is incredible. But it, this is. Uh, I was listening to. So going back to Henry Rollins, um, he did this. Uh, podcast for a little bit and he was talking about how he i don't know if he still is but he was at at one point like a on really friendly terms with um captain kirk hmm. william shatner that oh. yeah, william shatner and shatner invited him over for like a super bowl party or something and he invited like rush limbaugh as well and henry rollins is like i can't i can't be in the same room as that guy i'll kill him and Shatner's like, no, you, you got to put that aside. He's a nice man outside of outside of the radio. And Rollins was just baffled, like all of us are. But it just the 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 grasping for power and money it always mm-hmm. leads to fucking evil. I don't understand how people can separate like how they feel with like the just like emphasis and the hatred and like everything that they put on like during their on-screen or on-air personalities and like the information that they're pushing to people how how they can separate what they're spreading from what they actually are like off-screen or offline like that to me they have to be the most (laughs) broken people inside I don't understand how they function honestly I also don't understand having enough tact to do that. Like, yeah. I'm just unable to shut the fuck up for long enough to, like, keep a minimum wage job that I'm at a few <laughs> hours a day. 
I can do it on a national level. I just like every can't day be quiet. too. Yeah, no. every single fucking day. Fucking wild. Ugh. Don't know. There's not enough no. money in the world. No, there need to be like in-depth studies done of those people. Yeah. Psychopathy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. So yeah. Did you? There was a, a thing that popped up a couple days ago about. Um, I think you might have talked about it. If you did, I'm sorry. Uh, about like Florida DeSantis um, revoking the liquor license for a hotel. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Like a, no, a major hotel chain thing because of a drag show that they hosted. Wow. And it's there was some idiot in the Reddit comments being like, oh, well, now they're going to pay attention because it's affecting the bottom line. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> they're going to do whatever makes them money. Don't. Dude. Don't be a schmuck. You're being a schmuck, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where like Ron DeSantis really misses the point. Is like he actually believes in the culture war bullshit. Like no successful Nazi is a true believer. Yeah. Like it's a power grab. You're trying to make money. Like that's what it's about. And like <clears throat> the fact that he took away Disney's private kingdom. It's just like a sign that he cannot be successful. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I still, I, I laugh about that every time it pops <laughs> into my head. Like the fact that Disney owned a part of Florida and the yeah, like stuff. he has revoked their thief. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did the modern equivalent of like coming in and cutting the Duke's head off and putting a new guy in charge. Except <laughs> Disney was the only person who still it's... had a duchy in all of America. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> the scene in uh, the last duel where uh, Matt Damon's character is supposed to get a like a little slice of a la- of a piece of land because he's marrying this guy's wife or daughter, and it gets given to his friend which sparks off all of this bullshit but yeah that's what it is like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you wanted to be a baron and yeah. you <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like fucking fascism is propped up by the capital holding class and you just gotta so shut weird. the fuck up ron <laughs> idiot there's so many fucked up things happening in florida i we could just do a whole episode on florida yeah. honestly a state that should never have been <laughs> Yeah, I say this to someone who was born there. Chisel it into the ocean. <laughs> just detach and go. Yeah. Also, maybe just include like the top or the bottom of Georgia. Also, like the Florida Georgia line area. Just, just include that. And, that and while we're at it, the band one. Yeah, <laughs> can also get chiseled off into the ocean. Shark and I racing to make the same joke. <laughs> oh, that's not good. There's a helicopter circling around my neighborhood. Oh, that's, nice. that's never a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. It's not the spy. They found me. <laughs> so we have arrived at part three. Um, drag as a force for good. So as I did most of my notes last week, um, like I said, since then, there have been even more anti-drag and anti-trans bills that have been proposed and passed in states like Kentucky, Texas, Tennessee, and so many others. Um, But despite feeling like the earth has been taken over by bigots, there are still people out there fighting the good fight, reporting on this and using their voices and platforms to voice their opposition and uh, condemn all this hatred. On March 8th, RuPaul responded to the wave of anti-drag and anti-trans bills 
saying that the bills were a classic distraction technique distracting away from real issues that the lawmakers were voted into office to focus on, like jobs, health care, kid safety at school, for example. Like, come on. He called drag queens the Marines of the queer movement and urged everyone to make sure that they're registered to vote and <laughs> make sure that they do vote in the upcoming election cycle, which, yeah, we've all heard before, like, go vote. But, like, honestly... Sorry, RuPaul, Marines are yeah. the Marines of the queer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of gays in that branch of the military. No, bro, it's totally straight. <laughs> Long nights in the rural Afghani wilderness. We just cuddle to keep warm and my friend has bad dreams. Former... <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, such as Bob the Drag Queen, Kim Chi, Kim Petras, Carrie Colby, and more, have all made public statements. Elliot Page made an Instagram post urging their followers to follow um, ACLU reporter Chase Strangio, I don't know how to say his last name, who is also raising alarm bells and following the legislation closely. Other celebrities like LeBron James, Jamie Lee Curtis, Pedro Pascal, Jon Stewart, Melissa McCarthy, Shania Twain, and George Lopez have all expressed their pro-drag, pro-trans sentiments and anger towards the Republican lawmakers proposing these bills. Um, And so now I'll end with this Instagram post from October 6th, 2022 from Lil Miss Hot Mess standing up to Marco Rubio. And I hope that I will be able to play this. Quite literally, the only good thing about modernity besides penicillin is that people <laughs> like Will Miss Hot Mess can force congressmen to interact with them via the internet. Every time <laughs> I see like someone on Twitter who's like, come guzzler69, <laughs> subtweeting a congressman and having them respond, it's like, oh, fuck yeah. Mm. It's <laughs> the one good thing about present life. <laughs> yeah so that's that's yeah. all i got for today um drag is an art form and a way for people to express themselves and if you don't like it then that's fine but you don't have the right to take it away from the rest of us so if you want to support drag queens and the lgbtq plus community please go support your local queens at a drag show consider donating to your local drag story hour chapter Make your voice heard that this type of exclusionary harassment and violence and so many other words I can't think of right now is not acceptable and we will not allow it. Thank you. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, the more people who are at every drag show, the less likely yeah. it will be to suffer violence and the lower the body count will be if it does counterintuitively. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's that's an important thing is uh the people who show up to harass these events uh will book the fuck out if there are enough people who show up to defend it i just saw a video this morning of a guy who was trolling anti-trans no it was at actually a drag show there were protesters outside protesting the drag show and there was this guy um wait maybe it wasn't drag show i don't know but this guy was in the crowd with them, but trolling them with a loudspeaker, just yelling, we hate women. We hate women. Like, <laughs> I don't trust them to make decisions and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just like, <laughs> clearly making fun of them. And this guy turns around. He's like, you're not in our group. You need to leave, blah, blah, blah. And like touching him. And he's like, no, I totally agree with you guys. Like, we hate women. <laughs> we don't trust them to make decisions. So we should. And it was just so funny.
definitely like, we need more people like that. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen the we deep throat the whole boot guy, that's another great one. In my genre. <laughs> he just goes to back the blue rallies with the sign that says we deep throat the whole boot and like tries to oh, interact yeah. with people who do back the blue shit. And it's fucking incredible. Um, a, a friend and I back in the the Floyd protests were uh trying to talk ourselves into doing a uh black metal for black lives matter <laughs> thing. Nice. just going up in corpse paint and like blaring panopticon <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh yeah we never did that that would have been fun yeah. and uh that i think that would have done a very effective job of freaking out a lot of the back the blue guys yeah <laughs> oh dang yeah fucking... yeah god damn it <laughs> So you're welcome for this palate cleanser, guys. Yeah, I need a comedy to <laughs> watch a, after this. I need, a, I need a palate cleanser. I think I might have to throw on John Wick. <laughs> that's that's not a comedy. I don't think you know how genres work. <laughs> I, I just said it's not a comedy, but <laughs> yeah, the the Lance Riddick died. Oh. Mm, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, it's a bummer. Man. Also, oh, just as like a thing to throw out there, just like randomly, Congress people. <laughs> live somewhere yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm not suggesting anything should happen but they live places that is a fascinating fact yeah they do live places and they They also have offices (laughs) and they want to take everything from people yeah just think about it yeah yeah just stating neutral facts yep just non-legally actionable facts yes (laughs) <laughs> everyone should go just watch john waters interviews too he's he's a very cool dude yeah and uh, find a trans person in history to become slowly obsessed with and learn every yeah. fact about their life yeah go listen to cool people who did cool things yeah margaret about killjoy is yeah. a great trans yeah. person to become obsessed with yeah mm-hmm. she's Fantastic a very good musician. writer great yeah. musician yeah yeah she yeah. was a blacksmith. That's very cool. Yeah. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. I want to do that. I know. Right? <laughs> Rachel's face got super serious right there. Yeah. How do I get into yeah? I yeah, got right. a friend who does that out in Maryland. I could Oh, I thought you were gonna say here. I'm like, Aaron, yeah, I need but to I mean I can make an introduction right now. I can see if he's got like intro stuff that he could point you into, but I mean you do have a house, so you have property you could do things cool this is what on, rachel so. builds her like great leap forward yard furnace to smelt iron like a Chinese <laughs> <communist>. <laughs> making eye beams for skyscrapers this is, in the this back. is another <laughs> instance of aaron tries to imagine things that he doesn't know anything about <laughs> yeah i mean you could probably just set up a blacksmith thing in your basement right that's Aaron reads sci-fi, not fantasy, listener. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just get the replicator, and yeah. <laughs> right. From what I've seen in the Isn't movie, that, how that works. From what I've seen in the movies, you just look hot while holding a hammer most of the yeah. time, and that's most of blacksmithing. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Shout I out to brilliant. Orlando Bloom in the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, such a good movie. It's really good, Aaron. It's not yeah. on the Criterion Collection, but it's very good. <laughs> Underrated. I'll go so far as to say it's the best movie based on a theme park ride. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. <laughs> Did you didn't they do um there is the they made another one, uh Wayne Johnson a few years ago. Not like Pirates, but it was based on a movie. It was like Jungle Adventure or something like that. No. It, it was like it was on wait ex- back up did you say wayne johnson dwayne instead of uh, the dwayne. rock yeah yeah instead of the rock yeah i was like for a second i'm like yeah. why do i know that name yeah. oh it's the fucking rock okay well, aaron <laughs> it's a combination have... of me just hungover. anyway the, the rock it, will also now be known as worst dave batista for everybody yes oh I yeah agree. support that yeah uh but that that movie was on repeat at my brother's house the last time I visited, and oh my god, hmm. kids I... of horrible taste. Kids of horrible taste. <laughs> Just start sending them movies. Every I month. sat down I... with that nine-year-old, and I was like, "Come here, kid. You got to fucking watch Eyes Without a Face." And he left in the first <laughs> ten minutes. Here, we're gonna watch you. You like action movies? Let's watch Come and See. Yeah. <laughs> <Holy> shit. yeah. <laughs> oh. In case you're wondering, listener, Come and See is maybe the hardest movie to watch. Yeah. yeah. I, might, I might confidently say that. Yeah. It's a it kind of sounds like a porno. Slow it's... and it does kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not. It is a slow <laughs> and ponderous thriller about how Nazism makes horror stories out of us all. Yep. <laughs> Where pretty much everyone is an irredeemable bastard who kills yep. everyone there. <laughs> It's uh yeah. Just imagining you showing an eleven year old just that footage of a train that was one of the first movies. <laughs> this is the fucking <laughs> This is cinema. Yeah. I know it's not your top gun mavericks, but here's a you photo want to watch of a, a horse drawn movie. I'll show you Dark Man. <laughs> Let's watch Dark Man. <laughs> You've seen Metropolis. It's got your Liam Neeson's. <laughs> Liam's Neeson. Liam's Neeson. Yeah, yeah Metropolis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Aaron, Uncle Aaron to come visit anymore. <laughs> he made me watch the weird movie in German. <laughs> Many weird movies in German. <laughs> Get a call from my brother. What have you been watching? We just watched Aguirre, the, the <laughs> Wrath of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah well is that what we got that's all we got congressmen live places 